Welcome. How to start this show tonight? Welcome to another episode of Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiacos. That's how we start the show. Always, whatever happens. Um, absolutely shocking night tonight uh, for Olympiacos Football Club. 5-0, heavy defeat in Freiburg. Nightmare, nightmare scenario. Personally, I I was late getting home from work with the early kickoff and it was already 2-0 before I put my foot in the door. So here we are. Um, we got humiliated by Balk in the Greek League, 4-2 uh, at home. Tonight it's in Europe, 5-0. I don't think even, even the most pessimistic Olympiakos fan could have imagined just how bad it would get tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. You're right, because when I saw the, the first goal, like super quickly into the game, it, it immediately reminded me of one of those nights in which everything goes wrong. Like, because we lost 5 0, I think Fabente <laughs> went off injured. Uh, like, there is not, not a single positive point from a game like tonight. It only kills every every drop of confidence we could have on the squad because it was it was already fragile after that power close you mentioned before but no like it's i don't know it's i don't know how to recover from that not because freiburg is a it's a it's a good team we all know it's a good team serious team good club but losing like that five nil not even a not even a situation during the whole game, I don't know. It's traumatizing. Yeah, um, and actually, I was reading. I was reading um, Martinez's comments before the game, and before the game, this is what he had to say. He said, "Olympiacos has improved in relation to the first game and is more mature and prepared." We are a team that wants to play in this kind of match. We want to show our best. Yeah. That's what he said before the game. And I was wondering whether or not there would be comments um, post-match. And I've seen that Santiago Hesse has made some comments apologizing to the fans. Uh, so none of the Greek players come out. Uh, Hesse has come out and talked to the press. And uh, Martinez talked to the press as well, and uh, I think the the media tried to back him into the corner, obviously. And uh, they even asked him, having seen the result today, what would you have done differently? And his response was along the lines of, "Anything I say right now is an excuse." So uh, you know, we've got a lot. <laughs> Again, I think we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, I don't even know if it's really worth analysing a game where you've lost 5-0. But I think tonight's exposed certain things about how how we went about business in the summer, how we built the squad. Um, so that's something something we can talk about. Um, it's, I mean, tomorrow is December. Tomorrow is December. And uh, we've, we've, we've said since the beginning of the season that this is a transition year. 
um, that, you know, we need to be patient. And, uh, you know, Martinez has been saying all those things as well um, from the beginning of the season that we're building a bridge and that to, to get to the other side, it takes time. But, you know, it's, it's December now and, you know, there are question marks over not just the style of play, but more does he actually have the right players to, to play the way that he wants and, you know, what kind of, what kind of um, stop gaps might we need in January? Do we need pieces in January? Should we start promoting young kids into the team? Um, lots to talk about. Don't really know where to start, but... Yeah. I've seen one comment I would like to uh, jump on to. It's about the leaders because when you lose 5-0, it's, it also shows that when you concede the first one or two goal, maybe, that's where you go down mentally. And we saw it last season because we did not have that much leaders in the team, but we do have more, we do have more leaders last year than this year because we had Socrates, we had Envila, we had also Valbuena, but he wasn't barely playing. We have we had El Arabi that was on better shape, if I can say that. But when you look at this team now, who's the leader? Fortunis is the captain, that's true. But who's the real leader of the team? That's the that's a question mark to use your words. Like who's going who's going to step up when when it's needed? Like to talk to the fan, to talk to the locker room, to say. To say during the before the game, at halftime, at the end of the game, that what the team needs to do, uh, how you can start a game, for example, like Park, a game like that has, wasn't to be started like that. Same as tonight, and it's difficult to replace a hole like that in the team because you don't find leaders uh, in the winter market, in my opinion. You might have like one chance to find him, but it's very difficult to find in January. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you. I agree with everything you said. Um, I think what what really bothers me as we get into December is the things that we've been seeing um, in the last week or two. I'm I'm sorry to go into this narrative, but I do more and more start to get the feeling that the club's organizational structure, sorry if I, I'm stating the obvious, but I'm just going to state it. It just feels like Olympiacos isn't the priority uh, when you see the news about the ownership, buying Interio Ave, uh, new sporting director out of nowhere and no communication from the club to the fans whatsoever. Just all of a sudden, these changes, bringing in a guy, I mean, you know, this, this guy, Alves, he might have very good credentials. Um, I don't know him, his background personally. I know that he has strong links to, to George Mendes. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing for the club, no. but uh, I see... I see us dropping 20 million to invest into a Portuguese club, but I don't really see us dropping 20 million necessarily to do what's you know, what needs to be done for our club. And actually, it's not just about the money. 
it's the overall strategy and, and the plan. It's just there seemed to be a strategy at the beginning of the year, which was we're going to rebuild from the backroom. Uh, you know, Abraham Babadopoulos left the backroom staff. They're a new manager, a new technical team, uh, new scout, Navarro, under, under Cordon. And they seem to be laying some some strong foundations. And then you you see when when you see these kinds of changes just happen like that out of nowhere in November, you can't help but just ask yourself, like, what the hell is going on behind the scenes? Has something gone wrong? Um, yeah. It's it, it it doesn't show stability and belief in a plan that was put together to yeah. reshape and rebuild the team you don't you don't start it's like we're building the bridge that that martinez has been talking about building the bridge and then we're kind of chopping it down and going back that's that's kind of what it feels like yeah and can we believe that like it came all all of a sudden like that in december because probably it was on the on the pipes, I don't know if it works in English, but probably the Rio other things was going on since months, maybe. So there is no surprise. Like when you think about the whole narrative we've been fed about Cordon, uh, the way he was supposed to change the club, the way of operating and stuff, just for him to be like shipped back to the three clubs position in December does not make sense to me. And I do not believe that Martinez is. Uh, not pleased, but it's difficult for him to work in a situation like that. Like we all know, like multi-ownership in football, apart from Olympiacos, is a very difficult thing. And if you're not the top club of the pyramid, you will probably be stuck in a situation in which you don't evolve that much. You get the players that come from above and you try to develop them, but you don't have any identity left. So for Martinez, I don't know, maybe I've seen I've seen a comment before saying that maybe it got worse when Cordon did not come on a daily basis to Rendi, for example, when he moved to Spain because he had this personal issue. And maybe that link on a daily basis that was valuable for Martinez uh, broke. And that's why it, it's become more difficult for him. That's not an excuse, but maybe it has to, it has to be some explanation. That's another question, Mark as you said before yeah yeah no i mean we can't we don't know the details of what's happened inside uh obviously but um but even still like you know you can start to make an evaluation of the moves that we've made this summer how the roster was built who was bought in um and in particular for these kinds of games in europe and, and to talk a little bit about today's game is not the first time that we've seen him play that three-man midfield. And it worked well against West Ham when we played them at home. Albeit, like, let's be real, when we played them at home, West Ham fielded a weakened side. And we did play well, um, obviously. Like, we won that game quite, quite comfortably, I would say, in the end. Um, but... But you see, in this kind of game, the way that they just cut through us like a knife through butter in the center of the park, there's nobody there's nobody yeah. acting as a shield in front of the defense. Like there seems yeah. to be this kind of notion that Santiago Hesse is a six, 
But it's clear that he's not. It's absolutely not a six. And neither's Muddy. And neither's Muddy. And and you know he decided not to play Ibora today. There was a lot of talk about Ibora playing as a as an anchor man that would drop into the defence and you know be a third central defender and then move up as a as a defensive midfielder. We didn't see that today. And and frankly, like you look at a lot of the signings that we've made this summer. Um, Freire disappeared for for two months now. He's had injury um, uh, against was it Offi? Came off at half time and then he got injured in training again. Same thing. Then came back and got injured again. Then there's Kini and Ibora. Ibora has been injured. He's been, you know, on the fringes of the team. Uh, Kini, who like Kini and Ibora, to be fair, they helped us in the qualifying stage. But since that's true, since since the group started and and you know the league started getting into it. The, the, their, le- their levels drop too, or just, you know, in, in Ibora's case, he hasn't been there at all. Um, and Hesse, Hesse looks tired, man. Yeah, of I, course. I, I don't know how many games he played in Argentina this season, but I would imagine like 30 or like 40 appearances. I don't know if he's like getting accumulated fatigue, but he doesn't look anything like the player that we we were admiring a month or two ago. The, the worst thing for me is that, apart from the signing that were from some of them like missed, it's the fact that we did not replace players that looked at the end of a, of a cycle, like Holeg, because we took Kinney, plays too much. I, I'm not saying Ortega is, is worse than Holeg, but the fact is Kinney played too much. And compared to Holeg, it's a downgrade. Also, the fact that we don't have a proper number six uh we had like Buhalakis and Buhalakis was at the very end of a cycle he needed to leave and that's good for him he left but those are the players we did not really replace and I'm not even mentioning Mdila which is a stranger case for me because he's out of club in December he refused to uh, to uh, to renew but it should have been a smart 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 move for all parts because you you can't blame only the center backs if they are not protected, as you said before, because it's not only uh, the defense fault if you consider goal. The 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 the, the game against Park, the game like tonight, it shows that Martinez, in terms of tactic, he has an issue to solve, and I'm I'm not sure we'll be able to solve it because as much as the situation will get worse, he will have more pressure to get the results, so he will probably. I don't know. You know, Greek football can be sometimes, especially when Pauk, Hayek, and Panathinaikos became better sides. You 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 don't have you can't drop points. You can't avoid. You need to avoid dropping points. So the pressure gets bigger, and that's where you make mistakes in the lineup. So that, I don't know. The the number six issue for me, I don't is bigger than the centre back one because it's we need a player like Yami anyway. The one we did not really replace is Guillerme because he was a six, an eight. He scored goals. He had a very good passing ability. But even Buhalakis, man, when you think about it, would you feel Buhalakis in this team if you were Martinez right now? You have to. You have no choice. You probably have no choice. 
Even Surlis, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, funnily enough, I heard that Bukalakis had a good game for the national team against France. I think he was playing against, uh, he was playing with Galanopoulos yeah. in, in midfield and had a good game. But it's really just a question of chemistry and pair, like pairings in midfield. And I feel like there's, there's just something missing. Like, I think, for example, that if you had Mvila like playing the, the sixth row and he had Madi and Hesse in front of him, I think that would look quite nice. Like, I think sometimes, you know, Mvila would be criticised that he's a bit he's a bit slow. He's obviously, you know, he's getting on age-wise. But in terms of his, like, professionalism, even, like, leadership on on the pitch, passing range. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. We, don't, we thank you. We don't have that. Like yeah. Madi and Hesse cannot provide that level of distribution and calmness on the ball that that he had. Um, ideally, you want somebody younger, like with legs. But you know th those kinds of players they they cost a lot of money. It's is the same. It's the same when you look up front. We look quite impotent. Like it. Like if you start comparing to the team, you know, 2019 team with El Arabi up front in his prime for us, it's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a you don't have a killer up front. There's no there's no one up front threatening. It's like it's hard enough the ball isn't getting to the striker. And you know, El Kabi isn't somebody that can create for himself. Um but you know I think Another thing to talk about, and maybe this is a, a reveal um, of a conversation that we had this summer. I won't say who we had it with, but it was someone in the team. And we were told there are too many loanees. There are too many players that have come in on loan. And that's a problem. And the other thing we were told is that if you want to bring in a good striker, you have to pay for it. Did we pay for a striker this summer? Well, if you combine the wages of Jovetic and El Kabi, maybe, yeah, but at the end of it, no. No. No, no, no. I mean, to be fair, like we didn't we didn't pay money transfer fee for El Arabi. But that was no. El Arabi. Yeah, that, no, that's true. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's yeah. It, in in football, you you need to pay to have quality. Well, of, of course, you can make mistakes like Nyekuru because we paid for him. But yeah, uh, yeah. For a striker position, El Kabi for me is okay. It's the fact that we don't have any other solution because Jovetic doesn't look like uh, uh, a, a nine for me. Is probably more like someone like Fortunis. And El Arabi, well, is close to the to the end of the of his chapter with Olympiacos. So we, we we made too many gambles on it because we got uh, fucked by the fact that Bakambu decided to go to uh, Dubai because otherwise, with Bakambu on this team, the issue would have been solved for me. But 
we, we had too many holes to fix because I've seen a comment saying like it doesn't it take more than one year to fix the, the shit we did last season. And I agree with that because the squad was so 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 weak in many areas that we ne we needed uh, too many things to uh, to solve. But yeah. That's why I'm just coming back to the Envila's situation. I'm not saying that we should have kept Envila like that, but sometimes when you need a smarter and easier solution, you just have to keep what you have in the squad. It's it's basic, but sometimes like maybe the club did not want to go full on Envila because of the El Arabi re renewal, because he renewed and turned to be like uh, we. we the renewal was a mistake, but the fact is, I'm still missing Ambila and I won't change my mind about that. Because the passing skill he has is missing for number six, even at this age. That was never the issue with with, uh, with Ambila for me, like in terms of the passing range. There were some other like defects, yeah. let's say, but um, I think Ari's just joined us as well. Yeah. Ari, you there? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Oh, fantastic. Okay, whatever the issue was, it solved itself. Uh, yeah, a little deflated. I don't know how far you guys have gotten along, but uh, we're moving know. along. We're moving along swiftly. I, I don't know what you've heard um, of our conversation so far, but yeah, tell us, tell us what's on your mind. We're here for therapy together with all the other fans. Oh, we could just go and have a look at some of the comments that have come in as well. Well, it seems it seems like I got called out once already. Aris Galamatis, where's Ari that kept saying wait for Cordon de Cook now that the meal is burnt? So I also said that for me this was a two-year project. So I said that a lot. And there I do have I do have a lot of issues. I'm, you know, there's it's not like I think things are going extremely well. I don't see a scenario in which I think uh, Martinez should be fired tonight. Uh, if there's a, there's more that needs to be done for for that to happen. One, uh, we don't qualify for Conference League. If he if he shits the bed against uh, Bashka Topola, he's gone. Uh, we have very winnable fixtures in the Greek League ahead of us before the break. He has to win those. There's no there's no cup game against Panathinaikos that's been postponed. So like December has to win everything. You don't win. You don't win everything. Then it's uh, then it's a huge problem. Then comes then comes winter, and we know that there's three, maybe four pieces that need to come in. The 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 my 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 thing here is I don't know. You know, everyone that's upset with Cordon and Martinez. Some people don't accept the. The problem, the problems, and the and the the monetary budget issues that we face this summer—that's fine. You don't want to face that. That's fine. But there's other problems that we had to get rid of and stuff we have to build. This winter is extremely important for us. Assuming we get into Conference League, which was what I expected, and we're still either behind Bonifacios by a point or pull ahead of him, there's no reason really to fire the coach. The problem is in the performances. This team has not been playing well on the field, even in the last couple of games that we've won. Panatolikos, we didn't look good. Needed to be bailed out by Cosas Fortunis to win that game. Uh, the game before that, uh, Asteras, Asteras Tripoli has 
we again had to get bailed out by Costas Fortunis. There's major holes in the squad that need to get fixed in the winter. Four four positions I I just said before. It's it look I we're we're in in Olympiacos right. There's not really a room for a project. Unfortunately, as much as I say this is a two-year project, whatever. Everybody demands winning. You have to win to keep your job. You have to win to continue. If we can, if as long as we're not losing and falling further from the top, and if we stay in Conference League, I think we're okay. Then we evaluate what happens in the winter with the players that come in, and we move on for the rest of the season and see what happens. I didn't expect us to win a title. This season, I didn't expect us to win a title. I expected conference league. I didn't expect us to win a title. I know that doesn't go the same for the majority of fans here. The majority of fans of Olympiacos fans demand winning and demand titles. So maybe that is a reason why I guess I'm not as upset as a lot of people are because my expectations were much lower. But that could have something to do. Demand is one thing. Expectation and being realistic is something else. I think we all... We all have our demands uh, and expectations, but reality is is sometimes sometimes different from that, and you've got to deal with it. Um, you mentioned like I don't know when you mentioned we don't have time for project. I don't know if you meant like if you meant that about young players as well, but it's definitely like one thing that I think I said it about a month ago after listening to a to an interview that. Ange Postecoglou gave about, you know, having infinite amounts of money and, you know, would he like to have the money that Chelsea had to spend in the summer? You know, I look at our squad and I look at it and I think the way that they've thought about it is let's bring in all of these quality players on paper, like Sol and um Pudence even Scarpa like on paper you know, Sol Bakken's made a massive uh, um, big money move from from Norway to Roma he's a Norwegian international Scarpa was voted best player in Brazil two years in a row won the Libertadores yada 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 but you look at all those players and they're all like roughly around the same age group that you've got like five or six of those players competing for three positions behind the striker, but you don't really have any young players that are competing for places. And I feel like one of the things I worry about is the dressing room, like the mood in the dressing room. You've got too many of those types of players around the same age group that feel that I should be playing and a lot of those players are lone players they know that they're only there probably for one season they're not they don't give a shit about what happens to Olympiacos down down the line they haven't signed long-term contracts maybe yeah. that's true of some of the others that did sign long-term contracts too I don't know but it's not healthy like no. the, the, competition the is not healthy at all the, the balance of the squad is isn't right and and yeah you know people are asking in the chat what's your solution and what do you think we should do and you know another thing i worry about is uh, you know is going to we're going to get to january the transfer window is going to open and we're going to panic buy everyone's going to be like oh we're going to buy 
uh, Jerome Boateng at centre back. Uh, we're going to buy uh, Mario Jardel. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, we mustn't. I feel like, personally, it's my personal opinion, obviously, we mustn't panic by in December. Um, some mm. others in the chat, Some. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, last thing. Some others in the chat, they're making a lot of parallels with the basketball team. And it's perfectly normal because the basketball team is a healthy, like the, the club is healthy. There's a strategy. There's a coach that has been there for four seasons. There's a core of players that, you know, and you, you they, they, they were calling on Barzokas to, to sign players, but he didn't do it until he found the right pieces. We found Naz Long. He's a Greek player. We need a Greek passport. He's a player that has Euroleague experience. There's um, uh, Philip Petrusev. Like We didn't just buy someone for the sake of buying it. And I really worry that, you know, you look at our academy and there are players like Babis Kostoulas and Christos Mouzakidis in midfield. And for me, those players, they should be playing with and training with the first team. I would rather yeah. those players get chances in the first team than go and sign some washed 30-year-old 30, 30 up front or in midfield. Like, what is the point? What yeah. is the point? No, you, you're right, and that's why my solution for me on that two years project, maybe it's... We know that Martinez is heading toward a very difficult situation because, as Ari said before, he basically needs to win every, ga every game until at the break. And we all know it's very difficult to do it, even in Greece, even with Olympiakos, because you can drop a point from there to there with a PK, on goal, mistake, who knows. And may maybe for me, the, so the solution has to come from the inside. I mean, like, why not putting Hibagasa on the bench until June? You get rid of the players in the current squad that offers nothing. It, it goes from Salbaken to Scarpa to, to, to selling Biel to make to probably not, not resign El Arabi because it's not possible in the middle of the season. But all those players that offers nothing, like even Kini, Iborra, I, I wouldn't put them out but they have no place in the project and as you said we should integrate more young players to create more competition like it sounds basic to say that when when i uh when i see the debates of football for other clubs it's done in other clubs since years now like when you have hole in the the team you have to put young players and even even someone like Vrusai. He needs, he needs to jump in the competition because he's better than Salbaken right now for Olympiakos. Not saying he's better than Salbaken in his hole, but he's better, he's more useful than Salbaken for Olympiakos right now. I do believe that. And we have to recreate a squad that operates normally because otherwise it won't be a two years project, but it will be like six months project after another six months project after another six months project because. Uh, at the end of it, if we end up with Corberan, with Martinez, it's because we we went too far on the coach solution, like thinking the coach will solve everything. Obviously, sometimes you will find someone like Martins that is able to improve after a missed first season. But we have to admit at the end of it that there is only one Martins. Like he had 
qualities he had default but what he did for Olympiacos was so huge that I do believe that no one will be able to do that uh, to do that in the in the future and also the, the, the get rid of those players applies for next summer because we know that Pasalakis is out of contract in June Madi is out of contract in June Podese is alone uh, Fortunis is out of contract uh, so many players like that out of contract and it's a big turning point for the club and i hope the club won't miss it but by hiding adding too many players in the winter market because that's my fear we all know marinakis we all know olympiakos how olympiakos works we all know we're gonna end up with two center backs two number six two wingers and 10 players in and 10 players out and costulas will be the future nalu best client because he will have no chance with Olympiacos. We all know that. Uh, Marcial, I think I don't know if you guys discussed this already because I, I actually I agree with all the points you said, but there's something else that I find that kind of disturbs me a little bit more than just like the player quality and the player situation. Because I think this also contributes to a lot of the anxiety and the the concern around the team, the anger as sure. well. Uh, and I don't know if you guys talked about it yet, but more the, the communication from the club to the fans. Uh, it is an extremely frustrating situation. We talk about this a lot. Uh, it, we talked about this on the last live show, but like this, this result is like almost kind of goes hand in hand with what has been going on earlier this week with regards to Cordon being announced as this global director or the global sporting director for the new Marinaikis footballing group. You know what I mean? And it, a lot of, a lot of these issues could be solved if this club could learn and excuse my, my language to fucking communicate. It is really stupid. It is really like, how come the club just can't come out and say, Hey, this is a rebuild We're we're not expecting to win anything. Uh, well, sorry, we, you can't ever say you're not expecting to win anything. This is a rebuild. Yeah. There's going to be bumps in the road, but we're going to stick through this. They don't communicate at all. They don't communicate at right. all. And and even even more so, even more so, this like the situation with Rio Ave. All of a sudden, Cordon is in this other place. Yeah. Now we already know that technically he was in between Forest and Libyacos to begin with because he was announced to be in a consulting role for them. Just say, guys. He's their sporting director, but he's also he's also coordinating things. He's destined for a bigger thing. I refuse to believe this Rio Ave deal came up out of nowhere. It is impossible a deal of this size to have come up out of nowhere. Just say this is going on in the background. We're, we're creating the whatever you want to call it, the Mighty Nike football group. There is going to be an alignment of goals between the club. Just say it. You know what? People are going to be upset no matter what you do. People are going to be upset with you. Fans are going to be upset. Fans are going to say Mighty Nike doesn't care about the club. Fans are going to say this. But I, I guarantee you that if you come out and you say, hey, if you, you, you just say what's going on, you keep everybody in the loop, you are going to have people way less upset in the long run than they are now because right now a lot of the a lot of the anger a lot of the people that are upset a lot of it comes from one we don't know where libyaco stands we have an idea we don't know where we stand because it, it the way it seems yeah it seems it seems like we're on the back burner it seems like we're kind of forgotten about with regard to nottingham forest 
my actual opinions on it are a little bit different, but this is how it seems. And you do no favors for yourself as the club when you're just vague about everything. It doesn't help anything. Then you get into a situation like this and it all comes and boils over because then it just seems like nothing's going right. What is going on? And that for me is it's not the core problem. There are so many issues that are contributing to, to the problems. But like this is this is one thing that's so easily solved. Just communicate. But that we're so afraid that we're so afraid. And this could be a Greek culture thing. This could be uh, an administrative culture thing in Greece. Whatever the case is, we are afraid to admit that we are not the force we used to be. We are afraid to admit that we have to take two steps back to move forward. We're afraid to admit that we're not as good as we used to be. We're afraid to admit that we have to do something to fix things. We're afraid to admit that we're not the top dog right now. And that's the problem. Call it pride, call it ego, whatever it is. This is one of the core problems, and it's such an easily solved thing for me. But that's that's one of the things that's really like annoying the shit out of me uh, for now. I think you're right. You're so right. And also, the thing is, on I, I do believe that on multi-ownership, it's difficult for the, for the, the top one, you know, to really say, to go public and say, what's the plan? Because basically the plan is using the smaller club to make the bigger one better. And that's what will happen with Olympiacos, because we're only there to make Nottingham better. Because Marinakis no aims to make uh, Nottingham better, because the, the Premier League has more publicity, has more money, has more everything you, compared to the Greek football. The only issue is that you can't feed Nottingham through Olympiacos because the two leagues are very different in terms of level. But otherwise, the plan uh, will be to use clubs to make other clubs better, and maybe Rio Ave will be the third one because the league, the, the club itself is sm- is smaller. So maybe they will get the, the, the first batch of players, then then will come to Olympiacos, then to Nottingham, maybe. But when you see the example of clubs that belongs to, for example, the City Group, like I have the example of Troyes, it's a French club in which Poroso was playing before. Like they put a Australian coach from Melbourne and it, it stayed like almost 50 games, 50 games without more than two wins because it belonged to the City Group. And once you go into that way of doing things you there is no escape like probably we're gonna see uh if martinez gets sacked for example in the near future we're gonna see coaches from mendes maybe linked with the club of course we're gonna gonna go full gas on this no i um before i kind of respond and compliment i want to say thank you to those of you that have tuned in today uh, to the show. It's a difficult night. Misery loves company. Uh, shout out to, to all the fans from Greece that are chiming in on the chat. Ε, συνεχίζω στα αγγλικά και συνεχίστε και εσείς να σχολιάζετε τα βλέπουμε τα σχόλιά σας Keep going in the chat Big thank you to, to those of you that are in tonight um, 
we're here for you to to share share the pain um i have to admit i've been getting very disillusioned the last couple of weeks with with what's going on particularly like you said aria i mentioned the um, you know, all of the non-football stuff that's happening around the club uh, a, little, a little bit earlier before you joined. And you said something about, like, um, the club doesn't want to admit that, uh, you know, it's going to take time or that, you know, we're not what we used to be. Well, one of the things that worries me a lot is do they actually realise that even? Do they, like, it's not just... So it's one thing to like admit something, to go out and say something, but I worry sometimes that the pride just completely is, has blinded them to the reality. And we, we know what it's like in Greece as well, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> with the referees, all the things that happen behind the scenes, <coughs> excuse me again, <laughs> bloody hell, like all the things that happen in airport, like they're, it's true, like, what's happening in the backgrounds of Greek football is sickening. It's sickening to the very core. Like, Greek football is rotten to the core. But it, it is a great excuse. And we should stop freaking hiding behind it. Like, yes, we have to deal with it. And yes, um, there's a way of communicating in Greece that's different from what we're used to in our cultures. We grew up outside of Greece. The way they've learned to communicate is by passing info on to journalists and then the journalists communicate to the fans. And then if, you know, fans take it up with the club, they say, you know, we never said anything. There's no official statement. There's nothing. There's plausible deniability and there's ambiguity. It's just that I just pass some info on to the journalists and, you know, convey the club's positions, but they're not really club positions. It's the way it is. But... Um, you know, I, 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 we love that, the sound. I, I would like the. It's not even about Marinakis coming out and speaking to the club. Just the club itself, press statements or anything, just communicate to the fans, like in a, in a respectful way. Like, don't undermine our intelligence. Don't under. I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm. Completely, maybe I'm going completely overboard. No, you're right, but I love. I, I remember the Caramba saying many times like the, the aim is to win the Europa League, and that, that's the kind of communication we're getting from the club. You know what I mean? It's out of the world sometimes. Lambros, are you there? Allow me to jump in. How about that? Can I can I jump in? Where's your so, camera? You're in your live. I'm wearing. I'm 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 sitting in my office, so I don't know if I fuck it. Okay, I'll turn the camera on. Okay, everyone. So good evening, <laughs> everyone. I look typical, but anyway. Um, about the comms thing, I don't know why they can't hire a communications firm to do the communications. Like, it's two hundred thousand euros. Should they hire you? I'm not saying I could do a good job, but I'm saying I could do a good job. But seriously, it doesn't take a lot to run a solid communication strategy. And raw. I, there's so many experts out there who could tell them how to do it, how to build their communications plan, how to do whatever. 
and it, it would make a huge difference. But more so tonight was just so disappointing because I think I had a gut feeling that we were on the bad road, let's say, after that Pauk game. Can I, I disappoint know. you more? Because yeah. Pauk is leading in Frankfurt right now. 3-2. It's 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two, one Pauk. Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. Going. Sorry. Anyway, I, I, and, and I, I was seeing that Panathinaikos is only down by one goal right now in Spain, so it's 3-2. Um, I think after the, the Pauk game, right, that's when everyone started to realize that this is going to be a lot. This is not going to be as good as we thought it was. I think that West Ham game was kind of a, um, it's like, when, yeah, or it's almost like when people, yeah, maybe this is a bit morbid, but when people are about to die, they have one good last day, you know? <laughs> 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 and you're like, oh my God, maybe they're going to live. And then it's like, no, they just go back and die. I know that that sounds terrible, but it's, it the does. For the record, it does. <laughs> but like, we've been dying here for, for two to three years. And then we had one, one last night um, in Europe and we're like, oh God. And now we're ready to, sh that, that's a bit dramatic, but um watching tonight was just like it, it was it, it's so surreal how many nights like this we've lived you know the Maccabi Haifa one was like the first one in my memory in years and I remember that feeling of just feeling helpless but now that first second goal goes in I'm like oh it's another one of these nights here we go again you know it's like it's more normal feeling like Olympiacos as a club has gotten used to getting destroyed the past two years, 18 months. So there's nothing much to to say. Um, I know Adi is here, um, audio only, and I just don't see a path for Martinez to stay. Honestly, I don't see the path at this point. I think even this game with Pauk was a bit like, what was it, a bit fluky goals that changed the scoreline to make it look a bit better. I think the writing is on the wall. and. You watched that game with, with Panatolikos and the football was garbage, right? Mm -hmm. I think um, I, I, I haven't seen the progress. I don't see what he's trying to build anymore, I think. I think that's the biggest thing for me. I don't see, I don't right. see anything there like that shows me, okay, stick with it. It may have been a bad result, but something's being built. I don't see good football being played. I don't see cohesion. I see like a lot of dead bodies. Um, I see a lot of players who are on loan, who realize they're not going to play, who look like dead bodies. I see a lot of players who want to leave. I see Pep Biel. I think of Richards. I think of Solbakin. I think Jovetic shows up. He gets injured. We don't have a backup striker. Porozo, Frere, what happened to them? And you start going through the list and you go through, Jesus, what do we have here anymore? What, what do we have? What do we have? We have nothing. And all of these loans from Nottingham almost killed us. The the Scarpa loan, yeah. the uh, the Richards loan. You know, it's just it's killer. It's killer, and and it's not addressing the central defender or the striker situation this summer is going to be the death of Martinez for me. Not buying a solid striker or paying the money for a solid central defender is what's going to cost him his job in my book. At least no so. you're right but also like imagine throwing prime semedo in that team it's not only a matter of player 
uh, quality. Of course, it is at some point, but also mainly about uh, the tactics, because as Costa said before, the way the the midfield itself does not protect the defense, it's what's going to cost uh, Martinez his job. Yeah. And I don't see... I don't really see a pass too, because even if he win all those Greek games, we still haven't won a big Greek game this season. Because, like, I'm not going to, to talk again about the Panathinaikos derby, but we draw at, uh, against Ajax, we lost against Pauk, and that's has been a major issue since Martins left. So, yeah. But on, on the other side, which coach would you hire right now? For this project, because when you look There's at the coaches, we will end up with Nuno Espirito Santos, maybe. <gasps> but there is two Mendes clients that are, that are free. It's Nuno Espirito Santos and Bruno Lage. Bruno Lage isn't bad, right? Didn't he do pretty well? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But now, now that we signed the Portuguese guy, it looks like the, the road is being built for a Portuguese manager, right? A new sporting director, this sporting director is going to say, who the hell is this guy, Martinez? Screw him. I want my new guy. Isn't that what most people do? New owners, new new sporting directors, whatever. Um, it's probably, now it's he, probably all settled yet, man. And he probably, he probably has a... Uh, he, he probably has names, like you said, Marcia. Like, it's settled. Like, he has a, he has a guy he wants. And when, that when name... You... I've been told the name, Marcial. Do you want to hear the name? You want to hear the name? <laughs> that name is Pedro Martins, and he's got his suitcases in hand. <laughs> and he said, screw it, I'm in. And he said, the only way I'm back, though, the it's, only way he comes He's doing back. a Valver Valverde, a comeback yes. like Valverde. But what he said to me and a few sources close to him, he said he will only come back if Yasin Meria comes with him. So that's the sticking point in negotiations. It's it's a tough negotiation that's occurring. Throw Roderick Miranda in there as well and Hassan. <laughs> but, but he said, and this is again going back to sources close to him. Oh my god. That he wants Hassan to be his number one nine <laughs> and that he wants El Kabi to give up his jersey so Hassan can wear it. Hassan. That's, a, that's again close to sources next to Pedro Martins. So <sighs> no, you mentioned Hassan, but just think on the cut list we had last summer, just go through the names and just figure it out like how many players would have been useful for the team right now. And Asa, no, I do not. <laughs> I do not want the Penguin Waddle back on this team. I'm sorry. Once the Penguin Waddle effed off, I was happy. Like, don't get me wrong. The guy had some great goals for us, but I have never seen a footballer with more tragic ball control than, <laughs> penguin than the Egyptian <laughs> Penguin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, even Kingue had better ball control than Hassan did. I'm sorry. Kingue plays in League One, by the way. I and saw, he's actually doing pretty well. So I, I, I saw King Kue. I turned on a B team game. I see saw him try to make a cross field switch that killed a child at Redby. 
like in the stands, you know, like he was like, <laughs> he was like, he pointed, like make a run and he just, boom, it nailed a child in the stands. And that was the end of his career, I think. But yeah. <sighs> no, but the coach situation probably will come back on the news because just look at the list we we Ari sent on the on the chat about the the Greek games. Uh, it's you know one of them would turn bad like probably Volos away. They have a new coach. Uh, they have like the annoying players that probably could snatch a a goal against Olympiacos out of nowhere. Like I'm pretty sure the the announcement from the club is already ready, like the one for Corbera and after Aris, because like it pops right after the game. So. Listen, Marcio, we're going to win all of these games. You know why? Because I'm not, I'm, I'm going to change my, I'm going to change my habits. See, I stopped making, I stopped making my, my, my pre-made match win AI graphics because most I thought I was jinxing the club. And ever since I stopped, we've had terrible results in Europe and in derbies. So I'm, I'm going to start doing it again. Now we're going to start winning much. But I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at the, the fixture list. You know, after a draw or a loss to Topolo, that's a good time to get rid of him because then you have Atromitos and Lamia to finish, and then you have time January 3rd versus Ike. So, right. Can I stop you right there? Because didn't yeah. we say the same thing when Michel came last year? Like, oh, he finishes out strong. He has, <laughs> was it like the World Cup and the winter? And he could oh, yeah. you. And then it was a fucking disaster also. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, he the new manager would have 12 days to get the team ready to play against Ike. So it'd be a quick turnaround for sure. Um. Oh Jesus God. Christ, what a disaster. Ima it, it, just imagine if we draw a Greek club in Conference League after one leg. Like, imagine the amount of derby we would have to play in one season. <laughs> but the absurdity. But, guys, I, I'm looking back, like, at the at the schedule. It, it, like, I, I'm trying to think when was the last. That pout game, like, killed us. Yeah, I'm looking at the, it's like West Ham, we were shit against Asteras. It was, let's just say, not enjoyable to watch. Panatolikos this weekend was terrible. And then you have tonight. It was the like, dressing before, room's gone, man. Yeah, the but it's, gone. Like, it was even, weird. It's weird. Even, like, is it, is it coincidence as well that like players like Brinich turned up on the weekend all of a sudden, like they've been frozen mm -hmm. out since September and all of a sudden he's back, like. Good, but you, you know, Sol Bakken wasn't used. Sol Bakken was played at left back. Imagine if you're Sol Bakken, mate. It's like you've never played left back in your entire life. And then all of a sudden, the coach is like, Oh, we're losing 2 0. I want you to come on at left back. What? You lose the player. You lose the player, man. Yeah. yeah and that's where, that's on that peculiar point in which Lucescu, for me, is the very best coach in Greece because. He owns every one of his players mentally, and every single one of them is ready to fight until the very end. And what we need uh, on the on this winter market is to find someone that could be like Crespo under Lucescu, like Varela, you know, that those kind of average players on paper, but that can turn into very very good player for Olympiacos because 
it's different to be a good player and being a good player for Olympiacos. But we don't have the coach right now that is able to uh, to do that. And the locker room situation has been a very big, very big issue for Olympiacos since probably Martins, Prime Martins, because under Prime Martins, every player knew who was going to play, who was going not to play, because there was there weren't that much rotation. If you all remember, we were yeah. all moaning about that because Martins did not rotate his team. But isn't that the perfect solution? Because he had these 12, 13 players, and he used them until the end. Yeah, but he burned some of them, like yeah, Agibo there at the end. Yeah, yeah but that, that's football. It's like, a downside, yeah. I guess. It's not possible to do what to, to do Ferg, what Ferguson did with Manchester. If you can if you can do two solid years with a club, that's already good. Yeah, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, look at. I, can I just say, like, look at. Look at Bauk's starting lineup, yeah. and it's just like Thomas Kedjura at centre back, Gulieragis, Rafa Suarez, Vierinha right back, Thomas Morg, Tyson, Ali Samata. It's just like what? But they play as a team. Yeah, They're exactly. molded by the manager, and you see the manager like he knows how to motivate the players and. I think Lagisgav, I last made a comment in the in the chat about Luchescu. I don't know when his contract's up, but uh, I said it after the bout game. For me, that guy's going to be our manager one day. But I, I would sacrifice Lambros for that. <laughs> Why would you say that? Why? What's the point of saying that? God, God damn it. But I'm, I'm looking through our the team sheet from today, and I'm thinking of like, like the finished players, like who are finished here? Like last season, I loved doing that because they were all finished. But I think there's more here. For me, Pascal Lakis, this is it. This is this season and he's gone. Yeah. Rodine, you keep. Retos, you keep. Doi needs to go ASAP. Ortega, you keep. Madi, they need to sell because he's not renewing. He's gone he's after gone. this year. Heze is probably going to have interest in the summer. Alexandropoulos, you're going to pay 4 million euros for what we just saw tonight. I don't know about that. Is it four? Adi, do you know? Yeah, right. it's four. It's four, yeah. You're going to pay 4 million euros. It's a lot of money. Uh, they, could get him. they could get him for less. They could try. Fortunis for cheaper. Or Fortunis can stay. Podense, they're going to pay 5 million euros. I don't think so. And then you have El Kabi, who is like, He's like Guerrero, man. Like he's a Guerrero replica. He's fine to have as a second striker. I have no problem with him. And then you go to the bench. Ibora's done. El Arabi's done. Kini's done. Masuras. I guess we keep. Carvalho's done. Pepiel is done. Zolakis can stay. And Sobakin is done. So you're looking at what? The fullbacks, Heze and Fortunis and El Kabi. Those are like. Those are the guys. Ibora and Kimi have turned into massive flops. Massive well, they weren't flops. supposed to be starters. They were only no, no, no. to get us to the to like pass the qualifiers, and they were always supposed to be rotation. Kini is the travesty that we let start for way too yeah. long because we didn't have a solution. Fair. The footballing fair. William Wallace. The footballing William Wallace is going to be playing for us next season, though. Do you know how I'm talking about? 
William Wallace. Scottish one. Hallsgrove? Jordan Hallsgrove is going to save us next year. But, guys, it's so disappointing when you see some of these players play. Like, Pep Bielli didn't even get on the pitch tonight, but he's looked like a dead body for, like, three months. I remember when I spoke to him outside the stadium and it looked like someone had killed him. Like, just, he had no, like, he looked just, like, pissed off to be even there. Um, even last season, man. Even last season, but uh, Jesus Christ. And then Probably Sobakin, Copenhagen decided to make profit on him. So, so Bakken and Josh Bowler. Yeah, it's just the same type. Yeah. Honestly, Labra, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell Ndoy right away because, like, given the core that we, uh, the the weird core that we have going into like the winter, I would probably actually keep Ndoy for the midfield. To be honest with you. Yeah, and uh, I see this comment transfers. some from some guy saying like you contradict yourself because you want the youngsters to get a chance. For example, Doy, you expect to be brilliant straight away, and if not, he's what? No, the issue is for me. If Doy, if the youngsters don't work, and it's been a year of them playing over, you can Nicolau a lot of them. There's so many teams on the market that'll pay three or four million. You can get a percentage. I think you could sell Doi right now to Serie A for like three million euros and a 15% hold on. That is a success for Olibakos right there. I think Doi, if, if the team decides he's got to keep playing at the central defense, then he has no future at Olibakos. If they want to try him at the six, I don't know if he can dribble and move like a midfielder. He seems a bit clunky to me. Whatever. But in my opinion, you can the 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 optimal decision that all youngsters don't need to turn into stars, right? Like that's not what we argue when we say play the youngsters. But when you play youngsters, you can produce a player for two to three million and move them on because let's say it's not gonna work, or you can produce really big star players, right? But who is better than Doy? I'm sorry, Doy is a tragic defender. Doy is horrible. He's not and a defender. He, he's, he's not, not a, a defender. defender. But but I, I just want people to like people who will argue for Doy and be like Doy, like you need to go to the stadium, you need to watch his movement, you need to watch how he uses his hands, how he marks, how he presses. It is some of the worst defending you will ever see. Like it is terrible. Like you you when you go from three years ago watching Rupin Semedo defend against Victoria Plezen or whatever, and then you watch Doy play defense, it's night and day. Like, Doy cannot defend. I think Poroso is better than Doy. That's just me. I, well, look at today. Like, look, an at actual first goal. look at the first goal with Doy today. Do, we that, were, none we of, that, so none of that happens if he holds him offside. Man, we were so me, bad last season. We were so bad last season that we bought in Doy from the from the academy, Mitchell brought him in from the academy and told him you're going to play centre back. And we were so happy, or like kind of, uh, what's the right word? Just euphoric. We, we enjoyed the fact, yeah, we, we enjoyed the fact that like he brought an academy player into the first team. And you know, you get you get behind him. But imagine if the club actually did that in a systematic and like more correct and strategic way. Like, That's the key there's point. A question, just, right? yeah. there, 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 there's a question here, right? Who's the last academy player that came out of the academy and actually played in his position? Barretos. Take Retos out of the equation. Who's the last player out of the academy that we pulled out and actually de developed and in their position? 
I'm struggling. I'm Fortunis. really struggling. Fortunis left. He went to he went to Asteras. He went to Germany. Uh, then then he don't came worry. back. Still counts as academy. Still counts. Chimikas came from the academy, right? Yeah, Chimikas did too. Chimikas went to Denmark and went to Holland. We didn't develop him. Yeah. We developed Shazim Lassi. <laughs> no, that's, that's not a joke. Who? Who did Regular, you say? Shazim Lassi. Very oh, good yeah. midfielder, by the way. Plays abroad. I mean, you, you could team. argue that we did develop him. Like you could argue we did develop those players because we sent them out on loan and then they came back and they got their chance. But it's like like the whole story with Andrutos and Vrusai play them at you know, Andrutos starting as a ten, then a centre mid, then a winger, and then a right back, then you know, Vrusai and then uh Doi. It's like we're not shitting on Doi. But like you know, I, I agree. I think Ari made the point. Like play him, have him as a as a rotation option or a backup option as a six. Fuck man, just play him in his position. But but it's also not black and white. Like a prospect, it's so weird. People have like football manager idea of prospect. Like the prospect either sucks or he's the star. You know, it's like a lot of the prospects will be like Nicolau, man. Like you will sell him for three million euros and he'll have a good career. And Seri B said, yeah, I brought some things to you, brought some money. And that is fine. That is good for Olympiacos to make three, four million euros from a player. But the problem is, like, when a prospect enters Olympiacos, everyone's like, he has to be the next coming of Jesus Christ. It is okay to say Doi was decent. He entered the team. He did well. But now we can move him on because I don't see Doi getting better at Olympiacos. So we cash in. We make three or four million euros. We put a sell-on fee for him. And that is how academies and modern football clubs work that are not in huge leagues, you know? Like, I don't know if you disagree with that, but that's how I see the pro I don't see every prospect turning into 25 million euro player. Like, that's how it works. Also, the, the thing we need to improve is the, the I don't know to say that. The, what we did with Alexandro Poulos was fine, but you can, you can find a Greek solution on the market, and I there were two solutions for us this summer. The first one was Gutas, second one was Siopis. Both of them should have been signed for Olympiacos because both of them are not guaranteed starters for Olympiacos in a powerful Olympiacos. But when you look at this team right now, just add a Siopis at the number six and just add Gutas in defense, and you, you do have the Greek core with good, good players. Not expensive, and we, we need to improve on that. But it's not with with Cordon that we will progress on the Greek transfers. And when I mean Greek transfers, I don't mean Socrates or Manolas when they came back to the club, but uh, inform Greek players. Yeah, it goes back to that conversation we were having about squad players or even fringe players in your team. It's like Sorry, the, the basketball. Yeah, but it's it's like in the basketball team. It's like the basketball team with like George Papas. You know, he doesn't play, but like he plays his role on the bench. He might play some trash minutes, like three or four minutes in the Greek league, but he's part of the squad, and he's not getting paid much. And neither would the like. I think your opinion about Rutas and Siopis are unpop is an unpopular opinion. 
I haven't looked at the chat, but I imagine no. with most Olympiacos fans, that is an unpopular opinion. We had Wutas. Yeah, yeah, we had Wutas, we had the uh, Siopis. Saliakas too. Yeah, all of those players you mentioned. But, you know, we want to sign the big names and the... Uh, we don't so know how to sign rotation players. Yeah. Like it's Richards, like, man. Like with Saliakas, I know wrong side of the pitch. Is Richards better than Saliakas? No, because Richards doesn't play. So he has a name and he played for Bayern Munich and whatever. But he doesn't play, so it doesn't matter, you know? So <laughs> we, we, No, man, it's... Man, there is not that much... We, I would have been happy with... with uh, Liko Yanis coming back as a super yes. sub. He would have played 20 games by now. We all would have. Yeah. Kaliakopoulos would have been the, the first solution, but it's too expensive and he doesn't want to come back. Yeah. But Liko Yanis, man, it's... It's smart business. Like, it's smart, yeah. cheap rotation. And you know what? When you have... I remember when Doi got called up, he had Socrates next to him where he'd go in the press and he said, any mistake he does, like, it's probably my fault, blah, blah, blah. Like, Liko Yanis can be there to support a player, you know, whatever. You're going to have, personally, I don't see uh, that element. You know, Socrates has shit as he was last season. Like, at least he he kind of mentored Doi a bit. I, yeah. He's better at, at that than Avram Omanovas. <laughs> Can somebody bring up the comment about um, it's in the chat? I, I can't bring it up. But somebody raised the Fotiskitsos uh, comparison, Timikas two point How many, <laughs> how many project new Timikases has this club had? It started with Apostolopoulos, then Kitsos. How many, how many new project new Timikas has there been at this club? Man, go ask Nikos Kotsis new article on Toveka. 5-0 may have been tough, but there's a new Project Chimikas because of it. God, I can't wait for the spin. He's going to be like, tough discussions were had in the locker room, and everyone understood what must be done. And uh, like, people are going to read it, and it's like, yeah, that's good. Someone underlined that. That's good, right? He just said right there. He's like, that, that's, that's good. It's like Costas Fortunis in broken English said, Guys, we try, but we don't try enough. And the players knew immediately what needed to be done. Like, I can't wait for the article. <laughs> if you want to think of something funny, think of Costas Fortunis in broken English trying to explain to Rodine and Ortega, like, <laughs> what, what just happened tonight. It's just like, he's like, guys, we go, but we don't go good. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to think of that conversation tonight you're assuming he even speaks english he may not speak english you know like like roddy nay like speaking to, to doy he's like we know good no boy no brother like, <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay i'm done I'm, i i like uh, having a joke but i sometimes i try to imagine how those conversations in a five nil full-time locker room in frozen germany go you know like like, does everyone look around and just like <laughs> we just reduced the disaster? Like, <laughs> Marina is translating that. Like, I don't know. That that's why it, we needed a an easy draw for in the cup. You know, like those shitty game against Super League two team in which you rotate, you rotate full of the of the team because it's the only way to get away 
after a loss like that in Germany. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Playing against a Super League 2 team that's getting robbed, people dying on the pitch. <laughs> so shout out to our Patreon interview with uh, Panayoti Zaidis and his uh, experiences in Gameth Niki and the time he spent in Alfa Topico. So check that out. But yeah, you need you need something like that. You're right. But I remember those trips back in the day where youngsters would actually play. Like I, we would go to like, I don't know, Kalamata or whatever. And they would only bring the kids plus like three senior guys like Omar Richards would finally play. But then they changed the format of the cup, right? Like yeah, we, had we used to play group phase. It used to be like group phase for the cup. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. That wasn't that wasn't utilized as well as it could, let's say, but like that was better than what it is now, where like first round you play Panathina and Course, where it's like, is this really a cup competition or is this just to like get the best teams to play each other in the winter? Like no, you, I, I guess it used to be uh, the, the the Greek Federation being fed up of us winning the league all the time. So let's make it uh, let's make it knockout. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I think I'll wrap this up because it's as you can see, it's getting already dark out here. Um, oh, it's getting dark over there, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. getting dark over here, and I, dark I, over there. Yeah, yeah. I I'm in the office, so I, I don't oh, know. But you, anyway, you talk about kids house. Uh, I think he just, has he him, played? Has no, no, he played along, along to him, like Carlo Gioropoulos is playing with Volos, playing quite nice from what I've read. So Who? maybe Carlo Gioropoulos. Carlo Gioropoulos. He doesn't play for the B team anymore. No, he's no, not. No, he's not no, really? Good for yeah. him. Um, yeah, he signed a new contract with us. It wasn't sure this summer. I remember that. Yeah, could have been playing. We need, when Pedro need, Martins played him once and he pocketed Barrales and everyone was like, oh shit, we're <laughs> we actually going to play a prospect. We need Paulo yeah. Bento back in Greece. Uh, you know what, man? I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because his name came into my mind like during today's Portuguese. For sure. It's like, at this point, at this point, you're just like, mate, bring... I just think it's so healthy. Like I know that like we're one of the most impatient fan bases in the world, but I just think it's so healthy, like having that approach. But you need, you do need a steady core. If you do throw the young players into a team that's unstable, that isn't, you know, doesn't have a certain kind of solidity, you, you, you're more. It's a higher risk that you'll burn them. Yeah. Kind of, but also it shows the one that are able to step up when needed and yeah, the one that sure. needs a proper context that would not be possible in Olympiacos. And also Paulo's ben, Paulo Bento's legacy is still remembered. Like we don't remember his games itself, themselves, but more the player he launched. And I think as a coach, it, it's what matters at the end of it. Unless you have the Pedro Martins uh trophies but otherwise when you compare to the code that passed by olympiacos but it, yeah there's truth in what you say it's like if you think about the the coaches that left something like a legacy yeah exactly like martin's left a legacy um like i've seen a couple of people post it on social media and maybe maybe some of you guys as well mentioned it in our in our group chat but like, is it, you know, you start to even ask yourself the question today and 
did was it was it Pedro Martins that really screwed us or was it the club that screwed him? I like, think everyone went crazy. A bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I was about to say everybody everybody went nuts because even yeah. even the like the whether whether it was Pedro Martins that was looking for the players because everyone if we believe what everything was told to us, right? Pedro Martins had control over the, a lot of the transfers. He he earned that, so to speak. And if that's the case, then there was a drastic change in the types of players that we brought in before COVID and then after the COVID break. Because before the COVID break, we had a lot of young guys, the Mahdi's. Um, uh, now, now I'm like blanking. Uh, I forgot when Cisse came in, but all of these guys, we had all these interesting prospects. A lot of them, of course, were play 11 guys. And uh, I'm sure that has something to do with it. But we brought in a lot of interesting prospects. We still had the same issues at the wing position because outside of Pedence, we had hot garbage on the wing. Podence, Lazaros was good until he got hurt. But then we had guys like Nahuel, who were about as good of a football player as some high school kids I know. So we, we had what a couple of those guy? too. But the the whole point was how we, we changed because we went from getting a lot of young guys, playing with a lot breaking, of these young guys. Breaking, breaking news. Breaking oh, God. News. Oh, God. Oh, Don't say it. Yeah. Um... Hold on. Breaking. I have breaking guys. too. Nahuel actually plays for a Polish team called Slajek Warczyklov. Guys, Martinez 40... is done. Martinez no is way. Done. Oh, my God. Your news is worse than mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Bruno Felipe. Who's Bruno, Bruno Felipe? <laughs> How do you not know Bruno? God oh. damn it. <laughs> he ended up doing great things in Cyprus, by the way. Okay, but we, we need to analyze this. Diego Martinez. <laughs> so he's out? An hour? No, he's hour... not. No, he's but, not. Uh, yeah, I'm just Are reading you... this now. Um, Is it a Soldeca article? No, it's, uh, well, at least the source I'm reading now is Sport FM. Babis Christoglu just announced that um, the Spanish coach is expected to be a thing of the past, as the Greek translation. Here we go again. So... I have a name. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, That's it, the it, word it, in Greece. I know. It feeds into what we've been saying. It feeds into it. It's like the 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 the, the changes all of a sudden. The new sporting director. The new sporting director has a manager. Surely he has like a guy ready. Yeah. That's why this is. So I expect like we'll have a manager real quick because he's probably... also Bobby Sristoglu to break the news. Damn, not even Nikos Kotsis. He got scooped by Bobby's. The old goat. I can't believe that. It's actually pretty <laughs> rough. Maybe he's gonna cite Bobby's when he writes his article. <laughs> that one's for you, Adi. Uh, anyway, guys, God. so in the long term, do we see this getting better in the next five years? Like, I, or the next five, five years, <laughs> maybe five years is too long. Next five or six months. <sighs> Martial, first name, who you would like to come back to come in? Ibagasa until June. 
it's quite that's long. Actually, uh, that's actually um, an interesting suggestion, but I yeah, doubt it. I, I very much doubt it. Am I insane for saying Pedro Martins is not off the table with the Portuguese guy? No, it's not happening, mate. When Fortunis is your captain, can you imagine? <laughs> that would have been a cold no, reception at the airport. Jesus. Um, I had a feeling this might happen today. I, I honestly, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I thought it for sure it would happen if we messed it up against Bajkatopala, but... Jesus Christ. Oh my God. So people are saying like, um, people are saying like, who's going to come to us? Surely this new Portuguese guy that they brought in has a name. And that's why they feel confident in uh, doing this. But on the weekend, who do we play? Volos, you said? Is yeah, Volos and then Panzeracos, yeah. Both away, both away. Both away. Everything is away, basically, until, until we play And then we go away again to Atromitos and La Mia. So it's a tough job for a new manager, actually. They're not, they're not, Volos, Panzeraicos, Atromitos, La Mia are not world beaters, but you're away four games in December and you have must, must get a result versus the Serbian team. Who has done decent? Like West Ham needed a 90th minute winner to beat them tonight. So, yeah, yeah, they're 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 not. Uh, it's not going to be a walkover. It's not going to be a walk in the park against them. Not at all. No, and didn't they? Yeah, didn't they get a result against like part? Was it partisan or Red Star? I don't know. I I think I'm going to be honest with you, and I know a lot of people in the comments have been saying out. I think that's a mistake. Like, all we're doing is feeding an identity that you can't do anything here at Libyakos beyond two, three months. We're not going to find a great coach. I, I don't know. I, they, I, they, 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 they screwed it, man. They screwed it. They, I, like, there's, there's more to what's been happening behind the scenes, I swear. Yeah. There's, there's, more, to, there's more even than, like, what we've been speculating. Um, Chris Coleman on his way. Who, what? Chris Coleman? Oh yeah. dear! Oh, God. <laughs> like, what? What Send did a message think? to his son. Like, I know, I know. Tonight was humiliating. None of us like it. None of us like the defeat against Balk. But it's like, what again? Like, oh, let's build the bridge and let's drop a fucking bomb on it again, and then let's start building it again. But start using uh, hay to build the bridge, not concrete. Like, what the? It's just like no, you're not even going back to step zero or step one. It's like I don't even know now. Do you think Cordon made the decision, or it was decision of the owner? How? How does Cordon make the decision to suck his one. own his own yeah. appointment? Yeah. Does this does this mean that like that's why Cordon's gone actually? Because the writing's been on the wall. Man. And don't discount to... Chris Cooper. Chris, is that his name? The non No, the guy in Forrest Steve, Cooper. Steve, Steve Cooper. Cooper. Steve, Cooper. Cooper. Chris. Uh, Steve Cooper is feeling the heat as well. Um, they've had some poor results. I, I, I was reading on, um, on socials and on the athletics. So, um, 
Yeah, the nightmare could come through and they could get relegated. Actually, it's difficult for them to get relegated no, but the, this year, the right? Corbin, Corbin sayings is interesting because it's, it's, it's clearly, I don't know what happened exactly, but it's not the sport director of Olympiacos anymore. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter in which way you say it. Like, he, he belongs to the Marinakis group. He's working on Nottingham, Rio Ave, and Olympiacos, but he's not the... He's not anymore the sports director. So basically, we need coach and sport director. So we do have a sport director by now, but it comes back to the communication with the fans. Like, like the, the, the club hasn't officially communicated that Cordon is like the coordinator yeah. of the group or anything like that. It's like, it's just going, it's like, we're just, they're just letting everyone speculate and chat shit, actually. There's no clarity whatsoever. And then they'll get upset when people speculate. Yeah, <laughs> they exactly. give no clarity. Hold on. Sports director Antonio Cordon is still on the website. By the way, if you go to the website, they, they have this. Assistant sports director is Jose Navarro. And then strategic advisor, that's got to be someone who does nothing. Yes, it's Christian Carambe. <laughs> 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 Anyone with the name strategic advisor. I wish I could be the strategic advisor to nothing. One of these times when they fire a coach, I just want them to fire Karambe as well. Like, can we be done with it? You know, can we be it's like having a second mascot on the team? Um, anyway, a lot to analyze, guys. What are we expecting? Are we expecting a press conference again from Marinakis, like he did with Anigo, like he did with Michel, like he did with Martinez? You think he'll do another one here to say, to tell the fans what this time? Because now, what the scary thing I think for all of us who are supportive of the sporting director path is that Marinakis is now going to say, I did it through the agents, I did it through the sporting director, screw it, we're going through the agents again. You know, that's like the worst fear, right? That's like, he says, screw it, Miltiadis is back to signings, um, Varedzos is back to signings, whatever, and the sporting directors are done. That would be, that's when, like the when disaster you look at scenario, the, right? When you look at the Galatasaray squad, squad currently, oh God, the sport director way is not going to work for Olympiacos and for Turkish club. You need to go full on the agent stuff because you need the patience for the sports director way and we don't have it anyway. So maybe you will um, have more success when, with uh, Potences and Sa Tremendous than with the sport director way. Um, there, there's more news coming out about Martinez. I'm reading. Um, oh it's going to be a long night, and that uh, on Friday Olympiacos will will have a new a new manager on the bench. Friday night, you said. Friday this night. This is Cano das Logo e Megalo Vradi. So it's going to be a long night. Tonizo das posi paraskevitha vridinomada meneo proponitis to bagotis. So stressing that on Friday, like Friday, we'll find the team with a new manager. Nice. So that means it's already been. If if that's the case, they had someone. He was finished. They had someone anyway. lined up. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's insane, man. Like, if you think, like, reputationally as well, like, Bordon, like, we finished in Spain, man. Like, Spanish no. market shut. Who the hell comes from Spain? Gordon, Mitzel, Ibora, uh, Ibora will speak Cor- maybe. Cor- Corberan, Martinez now. It's not a good market for us as well. I think Martial has told it the French market is a much yeah. better. There's so many diamonds in France and they're so cheap as well because of the TV deal and just Guys, they, it's, they're it's oversaturated. The best, best country I, in terms I, of production in football. It's true. I, I have a question, like yes or no question to all of us. Is this the right decision? I already said I disagree with it. I thought I think this is premature. I think we should it should have been weighted to at least Bachkatopola. And if we failed there, I understand he's gone. We're one point off the top. I I mean, I don't I guess people were expecting something in Europa League. I wasn't, but I, I think this is premature, personally. I would say I, yeah, go ahead, Marcel. Go on, go on, go on. I just think if they had an, a ready option, a strong option, and this was the inevitable, fair enough. But if this is like, uh, we're just pissed off, let's fire the guy now and figure it out later, then we're screwed. But my gut is saying that they're going to have, um, they have someone, and that this Portuguese guy came in with a name and he's already been talking to him. So. Let's see. So writing was on the wall, I think. I don't believe in coincidence anyway in football. So yeah. I would say that's a good solution, if I can say that, because I'm not seeing any improvement. And I'm don't, I don't want to wait for another disaster to sack Martinez because it will be too late. It might, yeah. be, might be premature, but if something was played behind his back, it's better for him to leave because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Next yeah. question. Is it his fault? Yeah, he takes blame. Of course yeah, he, he takes, takes blame. some blame yeah. for it. Of course. It's it's it like it's a lot of uh there's plenty of blame to go around, but his man management, his match management hasn't been good for most of the season. Game management, maybe I'll say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, his in-game management, especially in the beginning of the season, waiting too long to make subs in the beginning. Then then overdoing the changes in other games. Like, there has not been a, a middle ground with him. Can you, can you think of one game where he made uh, changes? And I'm not talking about the games where we played our B team and then Costas Fortunis gets subbed on and wins the game for us. Has there been a game where his changes or his direction have caused us to win. And again, I, I'm not talking about him subbing on Costas Fortunis when the subs are playing and he wins the game for us. Has there been a game like that? No. And that's that, that's my thing for him. So I don't I don't necessarily blame him for everything, but you know, he I don't think he did himself any favors in that respect. Mate. Mate, I just had a friend, like a colleague from Germany, text me and says, "Oh wow, they sacked the coach." Yeah. So, so this is like, I don't know if he's watching right now. Actually, hi Torsten, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
this picture of him with his little scarf in the snow is so depressing on Spore FM. I don't know if you guys have seen it. He's just waving his hands. He looks so helpless. Diego Martinez just. <sighs> anyway, guys, I, I, I need more time to think about this as well. I think, I think we can talk about this more. This may call for a two, two episode this week on, do we play Sunday? We play Sunday? Yeah, Volos. Okay, or we do an emergency disaster podcast if needed. <laughs> we've, we've been known to do it in the past, so. Get ready to do some uh, tactical analysis, sorry. Bring out the boards again. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I need to, to head to bed, guy. Okay. I think oh. I might need a glass of whiskey. Okay, boys, I'm going to head out. I'm going to have a drink tonight as well. God bless. Yeah, definitely definitely going to need one for this. Oh, my goodness gracious. Diego uh, Martinez era finished <laughs> at Olympia, of course. How many months was that? August, Enough. September, October. Three months. Guys, guys, I can't do another summer of that many deep dives. You understand? Like... The summer before and this one, it was too many in like such a quick period of time. It's so much work to get ahead of those. I can't handle another clear out. It's too much. Yeah. Also, I just, I was also on reading some of the newspapers and I just read that also it is reported that Martinez said to Pepiel, you and your loser haircut and tattoos are coming <laughs> with me too. You're finished. That's really those are tough words from the head coach. As he exits. He exits. <laughs> anyway, your best your best friend Ramon's gonna come back get another chance. Oh Jesus! Imagine the new coach like looks at the squad and he looks. It's like shit. We need a backup left back. Someone get Ramon on the phone. He's coming back. <laughs> we would have needed him in some games in the Greek Shut league, up, man. Shut up, Marcel. <laughs> I'll send a DM to whoever the new coach is with your picture next to Ramon. Be like, this is the guy you got to hire. Imagine. Imagine if Ramon makes a glorious comeback. No, no other site. Just for the record, I know we're trying to shut this down and we all want to go to bed, or at least Marshall and I do. But no other site has picked up on the, the report about the manager. Uh, maybe I need to go listen to the Greek radio. I told, promised myself I'd never say those words. But when's our when's our favorite troll going to come out of hiding on Twitter? He's gonna... Oh, this is it. Yeah. So Yanis Horianopoulos tweeted: Olympiacos manager Diego Martinez is under pressure to be fired. Is under serious consideration. Way to say nothing, man. Real nice. Does anything ever come from him? <laughs> like, no, he literally just tweets in English what other people tweet in Greek. And everyone from abroad is like, this guy's on an insider. He knows everything. <laughs> okay, guys, but last, I, I'm going to leave it at this. Michel to come back. Who says no? Would Michel come back? Isn't he Isn't he coaching somebody now? He has a club in the Saudi like Arabia. Dubai or something? Yes. Or Saudi Arabia, that was it. Okay, never mind. Maybe Michel says no. Okay, everyone. On that note, should we wrap up? 
don't forget to like and subscribe if you're joining us for the first time. Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiacos. Who wants to shut it down? Do I have to do the honors? You I do can't. the honors. You're not doing very often. You do it. <laughs> okay, I'll do the honors. Please do like and subscribe. And Adi, you want to hear something? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note, have a great night, everyone. We're out. Go